0: You've probably noticed that we are going to be talking about the Magi again today. And I'll be raising certain questions about them. And we will also be answering those questions. But I do have to warn that when we raise similar sorts of questions to children, we have to be ready to hear their interesting responses. One day, to ask my Sunday school kids if any of them knew what the names of the three wise men were. You see, traditionally... Their names are Melchior, Gaspar, and Balthasar. Well, one spry, confident young man answered, I think that their names are Athos, Porthos, and Aramis. But I think there was also a fourth one named (laughs) D'Artagnan. You should have heard it when I asked them about the Holy Trinity. It's all for one and one for all. We continue our study in Matthew 2 with the arrival of the Magi. We often refer to them as the three wise men or the three kings. I remember doing a sort of deep dive sort of study on the Magi when I was back in seminary to dig deeper into their identities. The conclusion of the study was somewhat comical. Number one, we concluded that there are not necessarily three of them. Odds are They probably traveled in a caravan, and no one really knows how many magi or travelers there actually were. The reason we deduce the number three from the visitors is probably because of the three gifts that they presented to Jesus once they arrived. Not to mention that the imagery of seeing the three people riding on camelback through the darkness, guided by the star, is just spellbinding, it's amazing, beautiful imagery. Although it's possible that there were only three wise men, it is unlikely, unfortunately. Number two, they were not necessarily wise. Now, I'd personally argue against this point myself, but according to the study, these people were some sort of pagan priests, magicians, astrologers, or something along those lines. The Bible would consider those who worship gods of their own creation to be fools. Now, in their case, I would say that these magi were probably wise. Somehow they had the wisdom to know that they should go and worship the Christ, the King of the Jews. Number three, they were not necessarily men. It never specifies inside of the the text whether they were men or women. I think we assume that they were men because of certain cultural factors, but also the fact that they are often referred to as the Three Kings, which leads to number four. They were not kings. Now, don't necessarily think that you need to throw out all of the beautiful Christmas carols and music that go along with the idea that these were three kings, because After all, they were probably sent on behalf of a king, or of kings. The gift they brought were royal gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, which probably came out of a royal treasury. Some of the sources I referenced this week in preparing for this message even suggested that they were probably commissioned by the king. They had to get permission from their king before they could embark on this journey. Thus, they would be like messengers on behalf of their king. Thus, in the ancient world, a message spoken by a king's messenger was as good as if the king himself had spoken that word. So these were truly mysterious people in Matthew 2. And last week we read about how they came to Herod and asked about how they might find the King of the Jews. Now, pause right there. Why did they stop at Herod's estate? When you stop long enough to ponder this question, the answer actually is obvious. They weren't burrowing through the ground with Bugs Bunny when all of a sudden they took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Apparently, they had followed a star until they were in the vicinity of Jerusalem and Bethlehem, so they decided to go to the most obvious place to look if you would want to find a king. They went to King Herod's palace, the palace of King Herod in Jerusalem. (coughs) Okay, so maybe they did take a wrong turn in Albuquerque, but their reasoning made sense, right? They didn't know about the angels, and Mary, and Joseph, and the shepherds, the heavenly chorus, or any of the things that were made known to the reader of their story. They saw a star, and they went to find a king. Herod told them that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. So, come back, and tell me, once you locate the child, so that I too may go and worship him. It's another odd situation. Now, we know Herod's true intentions here. Herod knew where the Messiah was, but why didn't he just go? There could be a number of reasons as to why Herod never made that journey. For instance, even though Herod was not a Jew or an Israelite, he was a Jewish convert, and the Magi were pagans. It is possible that he would not travel with them for the sake of keeping up appearance that he was not ceremonially uh, to make sure that he did not strike the appearance that he was ceremonially unclean. We also know that Herod was paranoid. It is possible that he thought that going with the magi would expose him to an attack. They did not have peaceful transfers of power like we do in our day. When the office of king was transferred from one family to another, the past regime would be typically exterminated. Here's another reason. Herod may not have wanted to go on a wild goose chase. After all, how long would it take to find this child? The Magi went from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, which is about six miles away. And this would only take about two hours to walk there but maybe they weren't in Bethlehem anymore, the boy and his parents. Maybe they had traveled somewhere else. We know that Jesus and his family ran away to Egypt after a while. Maybe, maybe Herod suspected that they had done something like that. By the way, Herod was no spring chick. It is believed that he would have been probably in his mid-70s by the time the Magi arrived at his palace. If I'm not mistaken, the area around Jerusalem and Bethlehem is rugged. In scripture alone, we see a number of mountains that are referenced. Mount Zion, Mount, the Mount of Olives, and the Temple Mount. Then you have Mount Scopus, Mount Herzl, and the Mount of Rest. And that's just to name a few. I suppose there could be many reasons as to why Herod did not want to go with the Magi, so he sent the Magi and told them, essentially, to text him photos once they arrived. The next thing that happened, I believe, may have caught the Magi by surprise. Something incredible happened after they left Herod's palace. Matthew 2.9 says that the star went ahead of them. It guided them to the child's home and rested over it. Now was this a miracle or just some sort of a strange natural phenomenon? No one really knows. The Magi were overjoyed to see that it led them right to the child. Now we have a nativity scene, right? The child away in a manger. Mary and Joseph knelt on either side of him. The animals gathered, shepherds crowded into the room. And then, the wise men arrived maybe we're missing the mark just a little bit here when it comes to what the scene in the, of the nativity would have actually looked like remember that Herod had inquired of the magi as to when exactly the star had appeared that can be found in verse 7 when you read ahead to verse 16 Herod ordered for boys in Bethlehem 2 years and younger be killed. Now why two years and under? Why not just newborns? Based on what the wise men had said, this two-year time frame was a limiting factor. Herod saw that it could have been up to two years from the time that the Magi saw the star until, until he realized that they were not returning to give him their report. Jesus would have been well out of the manger by the time the Magi found him. And I would love to see an actual theatrical adaptation of this. I can only imagine what the real scene would have been like. All of these strange men, dressed in the finest priestly garments, arrive in little Bethlehem. And They were out of place there. So everyone just starts staring at them as they walk through their streets. And all of a sudden, they find what they're looking for, this humble little hut. They are greeted at the door by a rugged carpenter, and they show him their gifts to prove that they mean no harm. So he takes them to the child and his mother. Now wouldn't you like to know what thoughts crossed their minds when they saw them? These were peasants, They had nothing to do with royalty. They had nothing to do with Herod. But the star revealed to them that this was the king they were looking for. They presented him with royal gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What do we learn from this passage? Herod was right down the road from Jesus. He could have gone and worshipped him. Now, we know his true intents, but he could have gone and worshipped him. Instead, he wanted to find him and kill him. He did not seek the Lord with all of his heart. Thus, he did not find him. He died in the same state of mind that he lived in, as a madman in about 4 AD, just a few short years after Jesus was born. The Magi, on the other hand, they did not know what they were looking for or where they were going to find it. They would not relent until they found Jesus. They wanted to see the king. They wandered the wilderness, traveled to a foreign land, and searched the king's palace. They sought the Lord with all of their hearts and found a Savior in Bethlehem. Seek after God and you will find him. Seek after God, and one day you will see him. would like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. My name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us on Sunday mornings at 1030. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.